song I will serve thee because you found me I will serve thee because you 
God for your sins this morning. Amen. Let's sing this song, Lord, I lift your name on high. QC, I think. bless your name.
play that softly. Amen. I'd like to ask Brother Ben Pritchard if he would make his way forward to take these needs to the Lord for us. Amen. Uh, these were mentioned this morning. We're going to repeat them again for you, those of you that were not here or maybe missed some of these. Uh, if you would keep Brother uh, Richard and uh, Sister Smith in your prayers, uh, God would touch them so that they could get back into service with us. Amen. We have some folks that are traveling. If you'd remember Sister Jackie Sylvester in prayer, she's traveling. If you'd remember them, amen. Uh, I want to remember the McCafferty's who are not with us, and also the Knobloks. God would grant them safety and bring them back to our assembly. Amen. Remember Sister Becky's niece. Uh, she's in the hospital at this time. Remember that special need in prayer. And remember Sister Jackie Whitlock, who's not with us today. Uh, she's not feeling well. And a very special need from Sister Diane. Uh, a friend of hers, their son is, has appendicitis. And uh, he has surgery on Monday. And let's pray that God would grant uh, mercy to this young man, heal his body. Amen. That's all I have at this time. And do you have unspoken prayer requests? Amen. We're going to pray with you, friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come to your house, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon us, Lord. We, God, we see the ones that can't be here uh, fighting sickness. We pray that you just your hand of healing will be upon them. We pray that you just answer that uh, prayer, meet that need. Lord, they can be found among us once again, Lord. Pray that you be the ones that are traveling, keep them safe. Pray that you be their brother tonight, Lord. Let him let your word just come forth and find a, a place in our heart, Lord. Pray that you just continue to be in the rest of this service. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats. And we're going to 
ask Sister Lily and uh, Brother Mitchell and whoever else is singing with them for their special, if they would make their way to the front. And while they're making ready to sing their song, uh, we also have the choir that will be singing afterwards as well. Amen. As they're making their way uh, forward, we're just going to sing a song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yes, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to Yes, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Yes, I want to see you.
that beautiful special. Amen. Uh, If we could stand to our feet for just a moment. Amen. We're going to take up our evening offering just before the choir sings. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Mike Pritchard if you would, or Brother uh, Jeff Jackson rather, if he would read us in prayer. As the choir makes ready to to sing for us, we're going to sing that song, This Is My Desire to Honor You. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, you can have your seats now. I give you praise.
another example here. You remember the five thousand hungry souls he fed on the banks of the river with two fish and five loaves of bread. Oh, what a miracle he performed for the multitude. I'll tell you what. I hope you like the new uniforms that acquires too. That Brother Keith's got over here. <laughs> yeah, you'd get a start if I ordered all those uniforms, wouldn't you? Let's stand to our feet. Every praise is to our God. Hey, why shouldn't we sing about it, right? Why shouldn't we be happy? Why shouldn't we shake off the doubts and fears? We know the end of the story, right? We know how it's going to come out. Hey, we should sing about it. Every praise is to our God, every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah to our God. So every praise, every praise.
wonderful name. You may be seated uh, this evening just for a few moments here. We're going to sing one more little chorus and then we'll invite Brother Sam to come and uh, take his liberty tonight. Just wanted to make a couple of very brief, quick announcements. Didn't do it this morning. And just to say that April 6th is Sister Becky's birthday. It's also the drums anniversary. They're not here uh, today. They're away. So we uh, trust that they'll be blessed on their on that special day. April 7th is Sister Anna Jackson's birthday, and it's a special birthday for Sister Anna Jackson, too, all right? We're not saying anything else, but it's a special birthday for Sister Anna. And uh, it's also Sarah Buchanan's birthday, right, on the 7th of April. God bless you, Sister Sarah. April 8th is Rachel Pritchard's birthday, and I gave her the option of singing a special tonight because it's her special birthday, too, but I don't see her up here. Now, I, I missed a birthday. Well, not that we missed a birthday, but the person who was, had a birthday wasn't here, and I did not want to make them feel left out. But March 19th was Sister Haley's birthday. Sister Haley's in the back there. God bless you, Sister Haley. We did not want you to feel left out in any way at all. So God bless you. We hate to, let, you know, we hate to miss anybody. Wednesday night, all of the... Old chairs belonging to the sanctuary are going to Georgia, right? And Brother Mike is going to be bringing his trailer uh, on Wednesday night uh, with his truck, and so we'll need some help loading those onto the wagon there and tying them down for uh, delivery on uh, on Wednesday night. So if you're here, uh, are, they, are we going to do before or after the, the service? After service, probably. So... Uh, more people will be here, so we'll need some help. We're going to uh, get we're um, selling those to a, a group uh, down in in Georgia there. So uh, we're glad to do that and um, trust that they will enjoy them as well. So uh, having said all of that, why don't we stand back to our feet again? Sorry to have you standing up and down, but uh, we're going to sing one more little chorus and then we're going to hand it over to uh, Brother. Sam this evening here and uh, just trust that uh, the Lord will speak to us again. I really enjoyed the word uh, this morning and uh, appreciate Brother Sam's uh, solidness and and approach and in these days what we need is not an uncertain sound but we need a certain sound and I always always look for that. I appreciate that so much in uh, ministers today and and try to uh, you know if we're going to have ministers through to bring ministry that uh, you know believes in the message as solidly uh, as Brother Sam, and and, uh, it's always been a blessing when he's come. So um, let's sing that uh, little chorus, uh, You Are My Strength, You Are My All in All, and uh, we'll invite him to come tonight. So just pull on the gift, and um, we'll just uh, let the Holy Spirit have his way. You are my strength when I am are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious tool. 
time this morning, uh, not just over there, I enjoyed it here at first, but boy, that was a good meal, wasn't it? Maybe we can go back and do part two. <laughs> it was really good, and it was just really enjoyed the time that we had together, and we just want to turn our attention to the Word once again, and if you would um, go with me in the Scripture here uh, to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to say once again, it's just, it's just been um, a real honor a real uh, privilege to be able to be here with you and be with uh, Brother Barry. I so appreciate Brother Barry, his his dedication, his fervency for for the message. I appreciate his friendship and uh, different times when he's been a, a real good mentor as well. And so I just really, really appreciate Brother Barry. And... Um, we just want to look here just a little bit more this evening, and, and as we get ready to approach the Word, you just just pray, and you pray with me, and we'll just see how God will just direct us, because even though what I have in, in front of me and what God has laid on my heart in prayer, I just want to follow Him, because He knows how to bring it all together, and He knows exactly what we have need of. And, and I believe He's sensitive and mindful to our needs, and and we want to be sensitive to him because he, he can meet our needs. Let's just go to him in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and grace once again. And we just want to invite you, Lord. I just pray that you'll just come now, Lord. We just want to surrender and consecrate ourselves, Lord, for the next few moments, Lord. We pray that you'll just come, Lord, and just break the bread of life to our hearts 
Speak to us, Lord, I pray. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just read two verses of Scripture and then we'll let you have your seats. Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had a a testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now we know that there's not one of us that can rightly serve God without the deposit of his faith in our life. But when his faith is deposited in our life, it brings and it pushes our faith to stand out, as Brother Bram said, on the battlefield for him. We find in the book of Revelations where he'll, he will speak of his faith in the believer, and then he'll turn around and speak in words of uh, commending of the believer's faith in action. And so when we, we look at this, we know that it must be his faith operating through our lives, that we are, as we looked at this morning, He is in our lives, He's in our midst, it's Him motivating us. And so we just want to look at this here tonight, this little verse of Scripture here of Hebrews 11.5, and I just want to mention to you here, when we look at the word Enoch, we know Enoch is a type of the bride, he's a type of us going in rapture. The very word Enoch, his name means dedicated. By faith, dedicated. Dedicated was translated. So the rapture is for the dedicated. May God bless you and bless the reading of his word as you're being seated. There were two Enochs spoke of in the scripture. There's an Enoch of Cain's lineage. An Enoch in Seth's lineage. The Enoch in Cain's lineage dedicated himself to building a city, a civilization that was based of this world. But that Enoch, which is of Seth, he dedicated himself to the work of God, the pyramid that that was that was brought forth. So we find here there was there was two upon the earth. One was dedicated to the work of the Lord, and the other was dedicated to that of the world. One was dedicated to the work of the Lord while walking in the world, was able to go about and tend to the things that needed to be attended to in life, but yet keeping the priorities in line to where God was first in everything he did. And this is where, when Brother Brandon would pick it up in God of this evil age, and, he's, and he expresses the time that we're in, and he picks it up by saying that the world is dedicating themselves to the knowledge that has come by Satan. They're dedicating themselves to, to their religion, to the creeds, to the dogma. They're dedicating themselves to knowledge. And I think we can see that in the time and the hour we're living in. 
there is a time where uh, people are very, they're dedicated um, to science, even science that can't even be proven, but they're dedicated. It's a time of science. It's a time of dedication. And, and reality, if we see it in, in this manner, even as people are dedicating themselves to that of Satan's knowledge, it's not, they're not even aware of what they're dedicating themselves to. If they could really see what they are giving themselves to, they wouldn't go in that way. And the reality, if not for God's grace, you and I would move in that same channel. But God, by His grace, has opened our eyes. And as we stay sensitive in walking with Him, then all of the works of the enemy are uncovered. We know there's traps that are set all around us, but we're not to walk in fear, oh, that there might be a trap. But if we keep our eyes on Him, then God is He's able to navigate us through the minefield of all the traps that are set before us. And then we're not walking in fear, we're walking in divine love. We've got confidence in Him who is present here with us, leading us and guiding us, and we can stay the course as we keep our eyes and our attention upon Him. So we're not ignorant of Satan's devices at all. We know that Satan works in a measure it's very deceitful, very subtle. He wants to try to fly under under the radar, and truly there's no one that can outdo him or outsmart him. There's only one, and that's the Holy Ghost. This is why it's so important in this hour that, it's, that, we're, that we need the certainty of the Holy Spirit of a real new birth, a real experience in our lives, because it's only by that that we overcome. And resting upon His leading, resting upon His leading and His direction in our life. And this is where Paul would give the admonition even to the believers where he would say, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and be not entangled in the world. When Paul would say that, it shows there's a possibility to be entangled. This is why we say, God, I want to continue to walk in the liberty wherewith I've been made free. And Paul would go on to say that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And there's every one of us, we have things that we have to attend to within this life. Let me just say it like this. I know... I know I'm just 45, I look only about 17, I know that, but I realized that even when I was, you know, growing up, I, you hear, you, you would see events take place that my parents would speak of, and they would speak of those events, and, uh, you know, it looked like they're looking at events, things that, that, that the Lord had spoke through the prophet with different visions and things like that. And I can remember the discussions that would take place of, could this be it, and could this be, or that. And it wasn't anybody trying to force anything, but they're just looking at things. And you see, there's always been, and should always be, a state of expectancy that the church is ready and looking for Him at any moment. We are, we are ready and we are looking for Him. And we know that God has not left it to us to put the pieces together. But God Himself will alert the church and alert us to the moments and to the times and the things that's taking place to where we, we if we're walking in Him, you'll never miss a junction. And I'll tell you another blessing of that, even with what God has for your life, when it comes to family, to marriage, to what God has for you, if He is first and you're looking to Him, He will see to it you do not miss the junctions in your life. 
He himself will see that you're alerted at that moment with things. You, you don't even have to be anxious about it. You can just rest in him to know that he holds the plans. He holds all of that for your life. He'll unpack that and unfold that in his time. And so when we, we see the time that we're living in, we know that there are things around us that we see happening. We see things even now that are that are, are, are taking place and things that we see, you know, even among the world where there's a lot of uncertainty. But I want to say that in this time that Enoch, he, when we look at that type, Enoch himself was a life that was dedicated to God. He was steadfast daily in his walk with God. As a matter of fact, when God, when God took Enoch off of the earth, it was just another day in his life. It was just another walk in his life. In other words, Enoch's life was not lived any different moments before the translation. It was a continuation of already what had been taking place within his life. And this is why I believe when we look at this in the scripture here and we see dedication, we think of that word to be dedicated. There's many words. I mean, you can think of it in... um when it comes even to athletes or whatever more, even athletes, you know, uh, for a, a person maybe who's a world-class sprinter, they just don't all of a sudden one day show up for the Olympics and they're going to run the race. They're, and it's not even just the trials that they have to go through, all of the trials and the meets and everything else, and you don't even hear their name until they get on the track. Oh, and they won the gold medal. And the other thing that we don't see is is that how they were training and out on a track, they're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, everything they're doing, they're not eating this, they're eating this, they're avoiding this, and they're all of that, we don't see that, but yet here we see the gold medal at the end. But yet in order for that to happen, there had to be dedication because of a goal and a purpose. It's those, because of that, that they were desiring to obtain, they dedicated themselves even months and years beforehand that everything was so focused in upon that that it affected the decisions that they made to go here or not go here, partake of this or not partake of this. Dedication to a goal and to a vision affected their everyday life. And so when we see that, that's a zeal. That's a, there's a single-mindedness about it. And this is why Paul would speak of how that Christ himself willingly gave himself to purify us from all iniquity, redeem a people unto himself, that we would be zealous unto good works. Now we know that the good works, we are foreordained unto good works. It's like you take a seed of an apple tree, a uh, seed of an apple, every leaf, every branch, every bushel of apple is already in that. The, what the seed must do, the good works are within it. But the seed must abide in the light and it must absorb the water that's coming forth. And those nourishments will actually lead to a release and a maturing and a bringing about of the good works. This is why when the word is coming forth, God is speaking to our hearts. Even as we walk along through the day, after we've left the service, after we've, after we've passed through our devotion, 
devotion, after we've heard the message, maybe listening to a part of the message, let me just drop this here. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of time you give God. You see, there's times where you go through things in your life where you say, I may not have this amount, this quantity of time. Don't let the devil beat you up over that. Remember, it's the quality of time that you have with God. You give God the first place. Give God that part in your life. And then, coming back to that of the zeal, you dedicate yourself and say, Lord Jesus, let that word, Lord, be so formed within my heart and in my life. That's being zealous of good works. That's being dedicated. That's, in other words, it's not just letting the word come and it just passes right off. It passes right off. But it's taking that word and saying, God, let my heart be an absorbent to this, Lord. Let my life absorb that. That's dedication to the work of God. That's an Enoch who's dedicating himself. And I say, you know, Brother Branham would say it. He's coming back. He said he's coming back for those who's living for his coming. Enoch was dedicated to all the word of God. And when you think of this scripture, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the very last scripture, out of a chapter that we're all familiar with, when this corruption shall put on incorruption, when this mortality shall put on immortality, and we're all looking forward to, to, to that change of the body and to the rapture. And the very last scripture in that chapter says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Very key. We're looking for the rapture, the change of the body, the combination. But here is the, here is the expectation, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, I want to just expand on that as God will allow us to here, here this afternoon, this evening, just for a few moments. And he goes on to say, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's a lot of things that we can do, and it can be in vain. But when we are laboring in the Lord, according to God's scriptural pattern, when we're dedicating ourselves to His working as He's dealing with our life, whether it's in our own personal life, the molding and shaping of our character, family, marriage, children, on and on, if we, as we dedicate ourselves to that, as God is speaking to us and guiding to us, then that's not in vain. That's in the Lord. It's God directing us. But it's when we and ourselves take matters in our own hands and we're trying to achieve it. And it might be things that we could say, well, there's nothing against this. But if it's our efforts within it, it's not in the Lord and it's in vain. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. But if so, if our, our labor, remember God would speak into the, the church ages and he would commend them on their labor of love. That it was done out of love to where it was God overseeing, God motivating and directing their labor so that their dedication was to the work of the Lord. And remember, God always honors dedication to his pattern. Brother Brams asked the question, and I know you're familiar with it. 
It says in the question and answer on the seals, should evangelists continue on the field? Brother Brett, to me, this is counsel. It's counsel to our lives because of even where we're standing and even as we get closer to that moment to where just even a moment, a minute, five minutes from that step, it's counsel to those moments and to those times. And he's asked us, he's asked the question and Brother Brown would simply narrow it down in this way. He would say, he says, if Jesus is coming in the morning, you preach today like it was going to be ten years from today, but live like it's going to be at this hour. I tell you what this, what, what this speaks of is, is one big word, balance. Being able to hold a balance. A balance wherein that you're laboring in what he's called you to labor in. But yet you're living as if he can come the next moment. If you're going to school, go to school, but live as though he can come the next moment. If you're courting, you, you, you court, but you live as if he can come the next moment. See, it's always him first, him directing it all. So this is why Brother Bram, he would go on to say in that same quote, he would say, you be found faithful at, at, at your post of duty. And he, he speaks of, you know, you know uh, many different things in here. And I just want to just skip into some of these places. And he's admonishing the people, just don't stop, don't do nothing. How many of you know God despises idleness? Idleness leads to idolatry. God despises, God despises that. So he says, you go right on just as you are. Keep on serving the Lord. If you're planting wheat, plant it. Dig up your potatoes. Now, I know a lot of times, sometimes we've had people, maybe you've had someone use this quote, but Brother Bram didn't say become the local wheat expert. He didn't say become the local volunteer who volunteers on Sunday at the next potato expert or expo. He's, he's, everything's kept in line. Plant the wheat, plant it. Harvest it, harvest it. Plant the potatoes, plant it. And so, Brother Bram, as he would say it like this, that if I knowed he was coming tomorrow and I was a farmer, I'd put my crop in today. If he made me a farmer, I'm going to stay right at my duty. He says, we must be a sane, solid Christian. I'm put here to work right up to the last minute. I want to be found faithful at the post of duty. He says, then when he comes, I'll just move right on out. I'll just go with him. We're waiting. We've received the call, the sounding of the jubilee. In our soul, there's been a release from sin. And now we're waiting on that sounding, that sounding to where we'll step from this mortality into immortality. And to show that we are dedicated to that, we continue right on into the work of the Lord, right up to the last moment. And there's responsibilities that we have that lay within our lives. We learn an important lesson as we were looking at some things this morning about the pattern and about patterns and how that God, we want to follow a real, a real spiritual pattern. And it's always important, as you know, we can look at the Word, but we want to get in the Spirit first. You get in the Spirit just yielding to God, and you watch how God begins to open His Word. And God will always come where He's welcomed. He's, and He's always welcomed. Let me say this. He'll come where He's invited, but once He's invited, we must welcome Him. Simon invited Him, but He didn't welcome Him. 
When you welcome him, kiss the son lest he be angry. It's to invite him in and say, Lord, I would say, mi casa is you casa. My, my house is your house. Be at home, Lord. Invite the word in, receiving the word, taking it in to our life. And it sees, it comes to the, to the question, and Brother Barry even reiterated this at the end of the morning message, that who do you want in your midst? You see, as a young person, as a father, as a mother, husband, wife, on, you have to, this is a question that every one of us have to answer, and we're answering it, whether you say, well, I'm just going to stay neutral. You can't stay neutral, you, because this question is answered by the way that even, that we would even conduct our lives, we are declaring who we want in our midst. And so we want to invite him and to welcome him, because you see, the wrong things attract the wrong one. If you want to attract him, then he is attracted by his word. And so, when we see this, you know, God, He's never intended for you and I to try to shift to ourselves or try to figure things out on our own. I'm so glad about that. I just share a little something with you. You know, I thought, my, you know, once I, once I got married, I thought, my, you know, as a husband, I'm the head of the home. I've got, I got to have all the answers. Then I start pastoring, and my, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I've got to have the answers. I was creating my own stress. No, I didn't go through and, you know, saying that, but you feel like I've got to have the answer to every situation. Now, maybe you, maybe you never felt that way. But one thing that I realized is, and it was such a release, I don't have to have every answer. I just have him who is the answer. And God can give me the answer in many different ways. It's not always when I'm going to be on my knees. Sometimes it might be as God will have me in a meeting or in a service, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just like it wakes up right there. There's your answer right there. Or you're listening to a message, or here I maybe call another brother and ask a question, and all of a sudden here, I just, there it is. There's the answer. And you receive, you know what I'm talking about. You receive a witness. That's the answer right there. You may not even been thinking about that question when even you come into a service or maybe you're in fellowship. But Holy Spirit is mindful because you are desiring to know God's will and God's leadership in your life. And I'm glad that God has given the dove. When you look back at that, that example in the scripture there of where is Noah there in the ark and they come to a place where coming to a decision. Do we go out? Do we stay in the ark? And they send forth the dove and the raven. Raven doesn't come back. Raven doesn't even bother to come back and say, Hey, I'm not coming back. Uh, just mark me off. I'm not going to. He don't even show up again. But the dove returns back because it found no rest for its feet. See, there's many questions at times that we can have, and in dedicating ourselves to the dove, the leading of the Holy Spirit, there's many questions that we can have, and you send out the dove and say, is there a rest here in this? Maybe, there may be going this direction, or, or this in the home, or this, there's a, they were seeking for, is there a rest that's there? Because when we're looking for God's will, one thing for certain about it is that Anxiousness does not accompany God's perfect will. But the peace of God will always accompany the will of God. 
Because there's a peace that comes with it. There's a, there's a confidence that comes with it. And when that dove returned, Noah knew, wait, then he sent it out again. And once he sent it out again, then it returned back with a witness that the time is drawing nigh for you to leave out of the ark. And Noah took that. Look at this. Noah took it. It was a pattern that he'd already received. And he took that olive leaf, a sign of life and how life is moving on the earth. And he took it. Wait another seven days and then step out. He's looking, he's looking, he's dedicating himself to the Word. That dove is the very representation of the Holy Spirit coming through the Word and God speaking to our life. There's questions that you can have, needs that you have, and you send out, you say, Lord, what's your direction? Maybe even intentions and even plans that you've made. And here you are as a believer, as an Enoch, you're dedicated to God. And God comes down and says, I don't want you to go. Go that direction. I don't want you to go this way. And quickly you say, God, I just want to honor your voice, Lord. There's no rest in that direction because you realize that repercussions sometimes of decisions don't just stop with you. It goes on and on and on. So, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Brother Brandon would pick this up. I think it's very fitting. In, in God and simplicity, he speaks even to the young men, the young people. And he speaks to them, you know, about not writing notes in the congregation and sanctuary and so forth. And he speaks to them and he, 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 he addresses them. He says, if you want to be a real man someday, and he says, raise a family in the kingdom of God, then start it off from the beginning. Start it off from the beginning and see you act right and do right now. I hope this is okay. You can just go like this if I'm... Sometimes there's things, even when it comes to to courtship, well, we'll get really dedicated when we get married. Wrong. It starts with a union between you and God first. Brother Branham told that one, one girl and... That one, one young lady, he had asked her, have you received the Holy Ghost? She said, well, I'm seeking for it. But she really wasn't putting it first. God said, when you seek me with all of your heart, then I will be found of you. It means more than life because, because he's the one that will guide you. He's the one that will unfold the plans that he has for you. He'll open your eyes. He'll direct you to what you have and, and what he has for you. And to see this, that how everything itself, there must be a, a right start. You can't start wrong and come out right. You have to start right. And if something's not right, repent of it and say, God, let there be a fresh start, Lord. I want to take your way, not my way. Thy will be done, not my will, Lord. That's overcoming. You see, the ministry of the, of the Word, it is to affect our whole home life. Remember, Paul said that you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and in your body which are God's. Yet God dwells in the innermost chamber. 
God dwells there in that soul, in that life, that temple not made with hands. That's where God dwells. But yet God said, I want my that word in your life to influence and permeate your spirit. I want it to permeate every decision you make, even as it comes to the outer court. I want the reflection of my glory to be on the outer gate of your life. To follow that pattern. And to see it's always, there's always this part where Brother Brown would say, if you want angels to visit your home. He says, he directs us back to Zacharias and Elizabeth. He said, they lived upright before God. They, they, enter, they, they entertained the Word. They, they lived according to all the statutes and commandments of the Lord. I'm sure that Elizabeth and Zacharias, and I hope you understand me, they may not have been deemed as, oh, the most spiritual people in the church. Let me just say this, and I don't want to offend nobody, but it doesn't mean whoever's the loudest, they're the most spiritual. Sometimes a person is very quiet, but they're steady. They're solid. Behind there, I mean, they're just standing firm, service after service. When I look around and I see veterans, you know, I look around like Brother Barry and Sister Becky, and I see other veterans that are here. I say, God bless you, because I know there's been tests and trials that you've been through. There's been things that could have taken you down, if not for God's amazing grace. But you're standing here because there's a greater one in your temple than you. Hallelujah. And here they were entertaining him. They were entertaining the Word. You know, entertaining the Word doesn't mean that we understand it altogether. It just simply means we say, Lord, you spoke this, and we're going to stand on it. When Mary asked Joseph, Joseph, what does Isaiah mean here? Brother Bram said, Joseph spoke to Mary, and he said, Mary, I don't know how to explain that, but there's one thing we know. Isaiah is God's prophet. And it wasn't God, it wasn't Isaiah's thoughts, that's God's thoughts. So God will bring that to pass. We're just going to believe it. This is why God would also, think of this, God would look at a man who would prepare to go to war. And God would say, if he hasn't dedicated his house, let him go back and dedicate it first. Because to dedicate it, it also here means to inaugurate it. It means to set something forth with the right purpose, from the right foundation, that it goes forth in the right direction. You know, a lot of you brothers know that different ones of you that, you know, you shoot with guns and things like that. You know, if you're off just a hair close, when you move that target out at a further place, it's going to be really off. What is off right here starts off real small. It becomes magnified the further it goes in life. This is why, as the prophet would advise us, even as the scripture would direct us, that even not to allow the little things to continue on. Because little Amalekites become big Amalekites. It's little foxes that spoil the vine. So it's paying attention to every detail, even, you know, because you think of a little fox. How many people you see that sometimes they take a wild animal? Oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're so cuddly. Oh, they're so, that's, it's going to grow up to get bigger. I mean, it's like a lion. Oh, that lion is so cuddly. It's not a stuffed toy. It's going to grow up. And guess what? It likes meat. It don't know you. You're no different from prime rib to it. You're, you're liking, oh, it's so cuddly. It ain't going to change it. 
So it's things that are little is to catch it when it's little because of what it leads to. See that even through the church ages, that work, what starts out little, innocent little thing, innocent, then what it grows to. That's, that's, that's our lives, that's homes, that's families. So it's dedicated to the needs of others. And I know I'm just referring to scriptures as I'm ministering instead of reading them, but I, I know you're, you're, you're catching this. This is why Paul would even write of how that a husband and wife, as they dedicate themselves one to another, that the husband has not power over his body but the wife and vice versa, because to recognize that we're not living our life for ourselves. We're living our life as unto the Lord, and as unto the Lord, then the love of God moves us to serve one another. So then it causes us to look beyond our scope, our realm. As a matter of fact, Paul would say, look not on your own needs, but the needs of others. To where our attentiveness is more on those around us of how that I can minister instead of just myself. That's the godly pattern that Jesus came down. Then Jesus said, there are some patterns can continue, but this pattern is got to be broken. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister. He's establishing a pattern that goes against that first nature. Oh, hallelujah. This is why in the, in, in the scripture it's a, it's, a, it's a great paradox of how Paul would speak in regarding the relationship between a husband and a wife. And he would say, the time is short. Those of you that are married, it would be as if you weren't married. Some of the brothers are like, go on, brother. Does that mean I don't have to text and let her know where I'm at? Uh, She's got 360 apps. She knows where you're at. (laughs) So, but look how Paul is bringing this. He's showing the people because the church in Corinth, they had come out of the world God had so revolutionized their life to where they were having trouble on living in the world and, and meaning with the affairs of life, caring for their families and how to interact and how to conduct. And God was letting them say, God was teaching them that I'm first, but all of these things, you can't let it go unattended. This is my work. The care for your husband, the care for your wife, my children I placed in your way. That is my work, and you must continue with that under my leadership. This is why Paul could say those that use the world without abusing it. And, but in the same scripture, he would say that, but he that's married, let him, that's, he that's married care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. That means to accommodate oneself. Taking notice. So what a, what a, what a paradox here. It's showing Paul is, is speaking of how the attentiveness of the Holy Spirit working in our life to where it comes down. We don't Put family above God. The order of overcoming is God, family, self is last. That's overcoming. And if anything, in reality, if anything, if God is moved from the first place, He doesn't go to second place. Being moved from first place, it's us who jumps to first. 
Self goes, because even say, well, I'm, I'm trying to care for my family. But if you're caring for your family by putting God last, you put yourself first. I hope that's all right. So, when we see this, this is why Paul would go on to say, submitting yourselves to one another, caring for one another, ministering. This is why, as Brother Brown would say, if you learn to love and be kind to everybody, be gentle, have patience, it'll even make your home life different. If you'll learn. Oh, I say, God, I want to learn more and more. If you'll, it'll make your associations different, and God will honor you. I may want God to honor you with His presence. That God teach me patience, teach me how to be kind, and teach me how to. And this is this is His leading. You see, God He He knows exactly how to praise us, and He knows He knows how to encourage us. He knows how to discourage us in the wrong things. Brother Graham says, he, in the Ephesian age, when Christ takes account of the spiritual attitudes, the fine spiritual attitudes and, and behaviors of the believer, he knows there's weakness that's among them. But Brother Graham said, yet he doesn't cry out against it right then. And I, I would say this, I tell you, it, that's something as, whether it's a pastor, a husband, a uh, father, mother, on and on. There's sometimes where there's things that we see and we say, I'm going to cut that right out right there because we say, well, I'm going to get rid of that little thing. But sometimes we have to look at it and say, God, give me the wisdom. Because everything must be ministered in grace and in love. Because if without grace and love, it becomes no more than just do's and don'ts. And that stirs up rebellion. But if it's ministered in grace and love, although it may not be altogether received like, yes, Dad, yes. But it's the spirit it's ministered in. It's like when um, my uh, Benjamin, our middle son, he was in one of those carriers. And our oldest son, Paul, he walked over to him and he said, Benjamin. And he had a bag of Doritos. He said, you want a chippy? Benjamin couldn't speak. He's in one of those carriers. And he's the plump little guy. But he just rolling it, ah, laughing. He couldn't understand what Paul was saying. It was the spirit he got. It's the spirit of it. It isn't so much the words that we say. It's the spirit that's behind it. It's the spirit that's behind it. So I think of how Brother Bram, to me, there's so much here within this part where Brother Bram said we could all, he said how Christ will praise his own, we could all learn a good lesson here, he said, for our families or churches and so forth. And then he makes a statement, he says, don't ever be discouraged, saint of God, for God is not ungracious to forget your labors of love. Now, let's just be honest. Perhaps some here, some of us, we, we, well, we all can be honest. Sometimes you feel like I'm laboring. I'm doing this, you're putting this in order, you're going according to this, and you feel like, where's the fruit of this? But you don't plant a crop today and expect a harvest tomorrow. You plant the crop in faith, you water it, and you stay to it. Keep weeds away from it, so you plant the good seed, and as that good seed, it will ripen and produce what is there. Sometimes we can, we can be that. It'll seem like it's nothing working, but the Word works. The Word works. 
Even when you don't see it and when you don't feel it, it's working. When that prodigal son was astray, I love how Brother Bram puts it. He says, that father and mother got down on their knees and they prayed for him every night. And he said, the angel of the Lord went to that pig pen that night. And he dealt with that young man's heart. The father couldn't see it. The mother couldn't see it. But the angel of the Lord went there and began to change his thoughts concerning home. I got confidence that the angel of the Lord is still with us. I've got confidence that the same angel of the Lord that put Israel back in the homeland, the same angel of the Lord that brought to us this message to put everything in order for rapture, I've got confidence that same angel of the Lord is with the church of the living God to see to it that things are brought in order and that His Word comes to pass. He's there to encourage us. To strengthen us, to speak to our lives. This is why I think about this. Sometimes, you know, maybe as a, as a sister, sometimes, you know, you look or maybe, maybe another brother in a church, you feel like, well, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing much or I don't feel like I'm, you know. But God, God looks at what we do as the scripture said, what, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. And the Bible says, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And to think, Brother Branham, when he's praying and he enters into intercessory prayer there in that hotel room in Shreveport for his wife when she has that cancer, he begins to make mention to the Lord, Lord, you know she stood between me and the public. She's ironed my shirts, Lord. She's cooked my my meals. That may have seemed like not much at all, like, well, that's just, but she was part of that ministry. She was dedicated to that. I want you to think about this. Think back to some of the times when she stood right there and she spoke to Brother Branham and she said, when all that, and Brother Branham gives that account about what was going on in the home, and, and, and you, you would know as a sister how that feels. She's, she's standing there she says, Bill, the kids haven't even ate all day long. Not only would she be a nervous wreck, but she would also feel like a failure. How could I have misfeeding my children? How could this... But how God comes down. And the prophet, as he sees the needs, he goes and get a priestly garment on. I don't think that apron had his name on it, but he put the apron on anyhow. And he began washing dishes. And he began to pray in his heart. He began to say something that wasn't too spiritual about a dress down there that he saw in the window. But it wasn't the dress that turned it around. It was the atmosphere. As Brother Bram says, this love that I have in my heart, God, this atmosphere, I'm going to project this now into my wife. That's powerful. To me, that's a working. When we speak of the seventh seal, the coming of the Lord and God's perfection coming in His church, that to me is an example. It's the coming of the Lord. It's the Spirit of God moving there on the scene, moving in a life, a life being operated by Almighty God. This is here in the, here in the Scripture. This is, you know, times, let me just, just to move ahead where, you know, the Scripture said train up a child in the way it should go. It means to dedicate it, inaugurate, to teach it. And remember how God spoke to Moses and how that, to tell the people, remember, to, to teach these things to thy sons and thy sons' sons, to also, uh, especially the day you stood before the Lord in Horeb. And, and it begs to say it in this manner, God, when God does something, His Word, He said, above all, let it be in your heart. And remember what Paul said to the church. Paul just didn't give them 
do this and don't do that and do this. Paul, Paul could say to him, what you have learned of me, received of me, heard of me, and seen in me, do that. Because Paul could say, that message that I'm bringing, I'm one with it. This message that I'm representing, you can say, I'm one with it. Because what's more impactful, there's nothing more greater than a living image. That's real oneness when the Word itself is just, it creates, it's an atmosphere. The token's on display. It's creating an atmosphere that, that sets forth there among and around our home. And I know that we can look at this and say, well, uh, what does that have to do with Enoch? It has everything to do with Enoch. Because he, this is the work of the Lord. God has given us our families. He's given us our children. God's given us one another. He's given us brothers and sisters of like precious faith. He's given us a church, given us a pastor. God's given us these things. And these are things that we hold the responsibility to attend to it and to see and say, God, how can I be used, Lord? How can I minister and be attentive in the work of the Lord? Because our family, remember... Remember when Moses, oh, here he was. He was getting ready to take the message down into Egypt. And even after God told him what to do, God met him in the end. And, or God was seeking for him and he wanted to kill him. Because he had left things undone, he had got so wrapped up that he had left the most important thing, the circumcision of his child. So it's these things that are, are the most important that as we see even that of the work of the Lord and how God keeps it. Can I have just a couple more minutes? And then we'll just, just tie it up. Brother Branham may ask this question. I think you're familiar with it. And he says, he's asked the question, what types of activities should we allow our pre-teenage children to participate in? Now, the responsibility that Brother Branham sets forth in this, he says, keep them in Christian company as long as you can. That's a pattern. Keep them under the right influences. You keep them in Christian company. He says, keep, keep your girl with Christian girls and Christian boys with Christian boys. If she's old enough to go with a boy, see that she keeps with the right kind of a boy. Discourage her to, to any boy otherwise. Think of that. This is, this is a discourage her in that manner. Try to encourage her to go with a believer and vice versa. Make your home nice. Make your home a place. See, these are things... That God won't do for us. This is dedication. There's a vision in hand. I want my home to be a, a, nice, a, a nice place. A place where, as Brother Bram said, they won't be ashamed to come and bring their company. Now, that might be how maybe things are ordered. It don't have to be an elaborate palace, but even how things are ordered. But it's also that as soon as they walk in the door, you don't say, Bible quiz time. Sit down. We're going to have a quiz on all the messages you should have been listening to. That will cause them to go the other way. But Paul said, I have become as a Jew to them, who are, to a Jew, to them that are Jews. See, as, and he goes on, you know, in that scripture, this is what a believer has the ability to do, to become. To see the need and how to become. How to condescend and how to come into that place and try to become to where you can reach that. I, I think of even young people when we were, as we were having gatherings at the house, there are certain things I didn't know about. Okay? 
because I, I wasn't invested in them when I was a young person. I didn't know anything about fish and fish tanks. So I had one young man who was there. And in order to get him to talk, I said, I need to find some books on fish. So you know what I did? I read a little bit about fish. Enough that I could talk to get him to start talking. Why? So he'd open up. Start talking. Start finding little things that maybe are their interest. I, I could care less about fish. I mean, unless they're fried and battered and served with french fries. But I'm talking about, I could care less about, you know, this, whatever kind of fish you call it. I, I'm not interested. I'm interested in that life. Because I know if he gets in contact with Jesus Christ, hey, right there, he'll see him the rest of the way through. Arrangements that we make. I, let, me just, let me just close it. Brother Branham, you know, he, he mentions that. And I know that, that how that in the taking sides with Jesus, I love that message, taking sides with Jesus. The message, our house, I, I feel like those are just fireplace family tapes. You can sit down and it gives such direction, even for the home and for our lives. And Brother Brown, he makes a statement, even in giving a real counsel to know. He says, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on. We don't know how long this work is going to go on. We don't know, he says, but we have to make arrangements for our young people who are coming on. We have to set it in that place. And he says, well, if you say, Brother Brown, what if there is no tomorrow? He said, but... If there is no tomorrow, at least we've been found at our post of duty, doing what God has had us to do. That's what I want to be. Let's stand. When the Queen of Sheba walked in, she saw all of the wisdom of Solomon. She walked in and then she comes into the place. And she notices even how the meat is set on the table. The apparel of the servants and how all are going about and conducting themselves. She notices all this of his house. And the Bible says, she said, there was no more spirit in me. And it just took her breath away. Because not only did she see the wisdom of Solomon, the, the discernment. She saw that and knew this is God working. But then she saw God move from the platform into the home. She said, wow, this is just not a God who comes to church. This is a God who lives in the home. And it just, it just, it just took her breath away. I thank God that God, he goes and he walks in us. He directs us. He guides us. You know, there's not one of us. We're not perfect. We're not making excuses. But I'm going to say this. Brother Barry doesn't even know this. He doesn't even know I'm going to say this. And it's, Don't worry. It's nothing. There's some things that I was praying about, my wife and I. Some things we were praying about. Last March, you had a family service here. Right before your governor issued later on that day, and you had to cancel service that Sunday. You sent me a link about that there were, we could stream that. My wife and I got together in our office, my office, and there were some questions we had. I'm talking about questions as far as you get to, because we have three boys. They're not all the same. They're different. 
But there's certain things that we had some things we were praying about. And as I stood right there where we were sitting, God began to answer and give direction. I never told you that before. But God began to give direction. And I can tell you right now, I thank God because things are being reaped out of that. God's given direction. You see, I realize I don't have to have all the answers. He's the answer. He's the answer. And as long as I have Him and He has me, He'll guide me. He'll direct me. I just want to dedicate myself to Him. And I appreciate that. Now, I've had God speak to me when I've been praying. Sure. I've had God He speaks to even at times when I'm studying. But I'm, God's not in a box to me. God speaks. And when that happened, it's just right there. We recognize it right there. That's the answer. That's the answer. There's a direction. And I tell you, God is so faithful. He's faithful of all of our needs. And look, if there's something that you can say, oh, I'm a little off on the pattern here. Listen, God's not, God's not here, you know, having a paper and saying, oh, demerit for you. That's, is that Catholic? <laughs> demerit for you or I don't know, check for you. That's not how God's working. The Spirit of God comes to edify the body. That means build us up. He comes to speak to our lives and minister to our hearts and to let us know He cares about us. He loves us. He's here to see us all the way through until the last step is taken. And until that time, may we be found abounding in the work of the Lord. Dedicating ourselves to the Word of God. And when something isn't just exactly right, we want to have such a a part of our life, a godliness, a godly sincerity to say, Lord, forgive me, Lord Jesus. Lord, help me, Lord. I put my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus. And I pray to God that we never get too big for that. We want to mature, but there's times we still want to be children. We want to be children in malice. We want to be children when it comes to believing. We simply want to be children when we put our hands in His hands. And that's part of maturity. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, Lord, from my heart, and Lord, many of these things, and I know, Lord, it can be very, maybe, Lord, personal, but it's what, Lord, you directed, Lord, even in my heart in prayer. But I just ask that you'll just come, Lord. I know you're here. We just, Lord God, want to dedicate ourselves, rededicating ourselves as husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, Lord, on and on, Lord. Dear God, I pray, order us, Lord. Order our steps, Lord. Direct us, Lord. We love you and we thank you, Father. Forgive us, Lord. And we failed you, Lord, knowing that God never was our intention to fail you. But how we thank you for your mercy, how you come and you would guide us, Lord, 
and you would direct us, Lord, in that spiritual pattern of yourself. Thank you, Father. Lord, bless the congregation. Bless Brother Barry, his family, Lord. We love you and we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ.
one that's here and listening, that, Lord, you would just comfort our hearts through this week with your presence. But, Lord, we certainly don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word and apply these very sound, 
sensible things in our lives. To make decisions, Lord, that bring the presence of God near. That bring change into our lives that is pleasing to you. Grant it, Lord, we pray. Father, as we often pray, Lord, for those who are sick, those who are recovering, those who are in need tonight, we place them into your hands again. Believing, you, Lord, that you are a God of mercy and a God who cares. For those of us, Lord, that have made mistakes, we pray that you would look at us, not in judgment, Lord, but in mercy. I ask, O oh God, that you would bless Brother Sam and, Lord, just give him strength, Lord, I, I pray, and bring him back home to his family again. And, Lord, we, we thank you for the time we've had, Lord, in one another's company today. How, Lord, we value times like this. We just want to say we love you with all of our heart, Lord. As we progress through this dark age, Lord, we certainly acknowledge our need of you. But, Lord, we have great confidence in you as well. We place our hand in your hand now. Guide us through this week, we pray. And we'll give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I need you, Lord. I need you,
time I need you, Lord. Make it your prayer. Tonight, as, uh, you're leaving tonight, brother. Uh, Cress, good to have you uh, with us tonight, and say, bring our greetings to your mom and dad for us, and may the Lord richly bless you as well. Let's sing that little chorus. It's not in trying, but in trusting, and uh, we'll let you go tonight. May God bless you. And it's just been good to be in God's house. Appreciate all of you being here today, and trust you've enjoyed uh, the day, and uh, it's been uh, been rich, been good. God bless you tonight. It's not